Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Give it one more shout for our worship team leading us this morning. Come on. Well, hello, church. How are we doing? Great. Thank you for coming. Otherwise, it would have been me and a handful of staff members here. But the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost would have been in the house. Oh, God, you're so merciful and good to us. Well, as always, I want to say thank you to Pastor George and Suzanne for the opportunity to bring the word. Um, it was interesting. My uh, wife and I were just kind of sitting in bed, and she prayed over me before uh, today like she always does. So faithful. And she looked good, too. Look at her. With the, with the... She asked me about her outfit last night, and I was like, baby, whatever you wear, it's going to look good. So <laughs> Points in the love bank. <laughs> but we were, we were talking about, she's like, what are you thinking about? And I said, I'm just thinking about tomorrow. I'm just thinking about bringing the word to the house because it, to speak a word to God's people is a serious thing. You know, it's, it's not something any of us should take lightly. And I encourage all of you, there's going to come a moment where you have a word to speak to somebody. And I, I charge you, I encourage you to take it seriously that it could be a life-changing word for somebody when you're supposed to speak it to them. And take seriously the fact that God called you for that moment and for that hour to speak something to someone, to produce fruit. I, got, I mean, I have, a, I have a stack of them in my life, life-changing words that came from leadership all the way down through my friends and family, of things that people spoke to me because you took seriously that God could use you in a moment. It's impactful. That's not my sermon, but man, that was good. No, nah, it, was, it was me. It was, it was Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, man. Wow. Wow. I'm meditating on that one right now. God is good. Well, I'm privileged today to be in front of you and to bring this word. So um, I really hope this is going to be a blessing to you as, you, as, we, as we share today. And what I want to talk about is the joy of a new season. The joy of a new season. We've been talking about the joy of things a whole lot for the last several months. And um, as we kind of cap things off here. We're entering into a new season as we not only enter into a calendar year, but uh, I believe this word is going to be something prophetic for our whole house because as a house, we're entering to some, some new things and God is good and merciful and gracious to us. And he's well able to speak to us in a way that we can understand. I'm going to say a little bit more about that later, but I encourage you today that God is well able to speak to you in a way you can understand. Don't always put so much credence upon how well you can hear God or how much you've prepared yourself to hear him. Although that's important, trust that his mercy is such that he can speak to you in a way you can understand, in a way that you can hear. Might not be a burning bush, but guess what? He did that for Moses because that's what Moses needed right then. Hello? That's what he needed right then. If you need one, then he may set one on fire in your front yard if that's what you need. Let's go. God can do what he wants to do, but he can speak to you in a way that you can understand in order that you can hear his word and then fulfill it to his glory and to your joy. Well, let's pray this morning. Father, we are so grateful to be in your house, Lord. We're so, so grateful to be a part of what you're doing in the earth today. So grateful to be sons and daughters in your kingdom. 
And today, Lord, we just speak life and blessing over this gathering. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to be in your house. Thank you that we're in our right mind spiritually. And Father, for those who have not yet reached the place of coming to you, God, I'm declaring that today their heart will be touched and that that will take place for them today to receive life in you. So thank you again for this word and for your presence in our midst. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about a new season. And the thing about new seasons is they're interesting. They can, they can kind of go one or two ways for you a lot of times. They can bring joy, expectation, excitement. Or they can bring fear, doubt, or concerns. So new season doesn't always mean, yeah, I'm super excited. Sometimes, you guys know, you're going into a new season, and you're like, whoa, hey, breaks. Not quite sure if I even want to go. And then there's other times you're like, hex to the yeah let's get out of this last season because I'm done with the season I've been in and I'm ready to go forward to the next season because we're pretty much finished here wilderness shoes worn out clothes wore out I'm done and I'm ready to go to the next season but there's other times when you're kind of apprehensive either way how do we enter into that season that's what we want to talk about today okay here's one of the things that 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 we want to focus on today wherever you find yourself Wherever, whether it's in the high of excitement going into a new season or the low of, man, I'm not quite sure. One of the greatest pitfalls in entering a new season is the temptation to walk in self-sufficiency. Okay, come on, Americans. Talk to me. Talk to me. I mean, everything's, you can control it, generally speaking. I mean, come on, I can tell my food how long I want it to warm in my microwave you know, I could set my oven to come on for a certain time. Man, I didn't, I, the, the, you know, we, my wife and I moved into a new house last year, and so now we have a dishwasher as one of the, you can set the timer and it can come on later. And I didn't realize that, so I'm like wondering, like over and over, I thought my wife was turning on the dishwasher. I was like, man, that thing's super quiet. Then I'd wake up in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, that's good. I was like, why is the dishwasher still going? She's like, I set it for a timer, it came on later. You know, and figured that out. But we can do all that stuff and control this and control that. And so the danger sometimes, whether we're high or whether we're low, is to walk in self-sufficiency. Because sometimes we're coming into that low moment and we're like, I got to fix this. I got to put my hands on it. I got to make this better. But then in the high season, we're like, oh, I'm good. I'm not even crying out to God. Money's in the bank. Car's running. Kids are healthy. Everybody's loving each other. Cool. We're good. New job's going well. Benefits are coming into the account just fine. And I don't need to cry out to God. So self-sufficiency shows up either way a lot of times because we like a lot of times to be in control of what's happening. You know, how many of y'all know that feeling of being out of control? Like you don't know what's happening. <laughs> you don't like what's going on here. You know what I mean? It, it can be unnerving, unsettling. But sometimes that's right where God wants us because it's in that moment that we understand our need for him. It's in that moment that we draw near to him, if we so choose. And we realize that self-sufficiency is not what he has for us. So I want to go into a background scripture. And I'm going to take this couple of background passages from um, a section of scripture from John 13, 31 to John 17, 26. And um, if you look, as theologians look at this passage of scripture, it's often called the farewell discourse. It's called that because it's kind of like Jesus's farewell speech, as it were. This is right before he goes to the cross. If you read through that section of scripture, very next chapter, you see betrayal of Jesus. He goes to the cross, etc. Um, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, 
all that happens, okay? But this section of scripture is kind of Jesus's last words to these first disciples. But it was not just to them. It was to us. How many of y'all know it? If you don't know it, just say amen like you did. And it's okay. Your neighbor won't know. You studied after church. Cool. Next time you'll be like, yeah, I'm in. All right? John 16, 12 through 15 says this. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll declare to you the things that are to come. He'll glorify me, for he'll take what is mine and declare to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So there's this promise of the Holy Spirit coming, which is what we're going to talk about today. And what he would bring in this moment. Now, as we consider that. Think about this. You may not have looked at scripture this way before, but consider the moment that the disciples were entering into as they prepared for Jesus' ascension. If ever there was a new season. (laughs) Hello? If ever there was a new season. I mean, really, we're waiting for Messiah, and then he shows up and actually kind of lives with us. We, we do the, 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 the barbecue thing at the, around the campfire. We do the whole multiplying fish and bread. We do all these miracles. We're, we're watching him do all this stuff. He's right there with us. And now he's going to actually do what he said, which some of us disagreed with, which was go to this cross and die and then be resurrected and then ascend. It. it If there ever was a new season, these brothers were about to enter into a new season. Because all they knew was he was right here in front of us. And now he's going to go away. But he's saying there's this one that's promised that he's going to send that's going to give us power. That's going to give us strength. That's going to enable us to live out these things he said and bear good fruit. But we don't know. I mean, seriously, until he shows back up. I mean, look at Thomas. Thomas is like, look, bro, unless I see these, the the, the nail prints in his hands and and, and everything, I, I... I don't know. What's the cool thing about Jesus is? I'm not even going to charge you any extra for this one. When he shows back up and talking about God speaking in a way you can understand, what does he say? Uh, Thomas, you have little faith. You're cast out. No, he actually said, Tom, come here, bro. Look. Right there. Put your hands. I won't put my shirt up. He pulls his That's what she needed. That's okay. Mercy and grace there, which is what's taking us into a new season now, is he's still so full of mercy and grace for us. So now, you look at the the disciples had only known life with Jesus for those years of his ministry. With him, they relied on the certainty of him being there in person. Okay? When I looked up, he was there. When I went through that moment, he was standing there. Jesus right there. They were entering into a season where that wasn't going to happen because they were trusting in the guiding, the correcting, the directing, the help. All of those things that Jesus was providing by his very tangible presence in front of them. But they were about to step into a moment when he was not standing there in front of them. But truth be told, he would be even more real in his presence if they would receive it. And that's, I'm speaking for us today, it would be even more real Because not only would it be there in front of them, but within them, by his spirit, 
within them by his spirit. So now the disciples needed to be prepared for the new season of not having Jesus there in the flesh, but receiving the empowerment to live for him that would come through the work of the Holy Spirit. So now as he's entering, they're entering to this new season, it's not just, hey, Jesus is there right in front of us and we kind of have a fallback. It's on us, but he's in us by the spirit he's provided. So today, for all of us, as we go into this new season, wherever you are, for some of you, you're going into the new season with fear and trembling. I don't know what to expect. Some of you are going into it saying, man, I'm super excited because I'm just done with this place where I've been. Either one, don't be self-sufficient, but say, Jesus, I need you. By your Holy Spirit, help me. By your Holy Spirit, teach me. By your Holy Spirit, guide me and lead me. Correct me where I'm messing up, where I'm missing this thing. And where I get it right, help me to remember to praise and to honor you. And not be like, yeah, of course I got that right. Come on, because we can do it. We don't always present that way, but we can become so self-sufficient and prideful. Well, you know, I chose this. They're not quite choosing that yet. I'm more spiritually mature and have further reached this place on the road. They're not quite there. If peradventure, Lord, you would have mercy upon one such as them. I, your holy child, will continue in such things as pertain to life and godliness. Then sing something in Latin, maybe. Um, but, but seriously, we get this pridefulness, man. And you know what we're promised in the word is God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Oh, there's that part. Not me. Bible. God's resisting the proud, but he's giving grace to the humble. Just wait long enough. If you don't choose to fall down, he will help you. <laughs> Ask Paul. Ask Paul. He didn't get knocked off that horse because he didn't know how to ride. That's all he was riding, so I'm sure the brother knew how to ride a horse. <laughs> okay? It was because God was like, you know what? Let me help this man out in his great mercy. There again, let me help him here in a way that he can understand. That's what we're trusting today, people, that God is going to speak to us in a way that we can understand. Let's go back to another scripture here. Let's go to John 15, a little long passage here, but it's going to be good. John 15, 1 through 11. This again, right in the center of that farewell discourse Jesus is giving. I am the true vine and the father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Let me read that again. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Say, hashtag, I don't want to be that guy. 
Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So Jesus is preparing them for this new season. And there's some new things that the disciples need to begin to walk in that they hadn't needed to until that point. But the beauty of what is being stated here is now there's a foundation being laid, which will be for us too. A hearing that they had to walk in that they didn't before. But now for us, it's all if we receive it that we've ever known. But for some of you, I don't know if you've known that because you're not opening your ears and opening your eyes in the spirit for what the Lord would want to say to you in each season of your life. Hey, I get there. I get it. I'm telling you. We go on my phone. See, I'm so used to my phone. Phone's in the pocket. Got like 57,000 versions of the Bible in there. And And we're around here like, oh, gosh, man, I missed my devotion. And like... Let's be real. I'm going to throw myself in there. So no judgment here on you. And I'm like, how do I miss a devotion? There's plans in the Bible app if you got one. And then it reminds you. And then you click on it and it plays for you in your car. And then you can talk about it with your friends in the app. I'm like, how do we miss the word? But we do. Self-sufficiency. I can... We're not always beating our chest super prideful, but we just feel like we can go ahead and do it. But the struggle comes, and sometimes, I know, not everybody's super happy about struggles. But trust me, you get driven to the presence of God and say, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. And to be honest with you, I feel like God would like to hear us say that a little bit more. I mean, I know it's, it's, it's super cool and we're American and I know as I enter in, but sometimes I feel like God might be a little happier if a little more often we said, I don't know, Lord, what do you say? I don't know, Lord, what do you say I should do here? I'm not quite sure because I don't have all wisdom, but you do. So maybe I should ask you, Lord, what should we do in this next season? I'm going through this struggle right now. My family, Lord, can you help me? Because I don't have everything I need right now. Because I haven't clung fully to what you had for me right here. So, Lord, help me to cling to that, receive that, and walk in that, and see what you want me to see right now. Because we got to do it. And sometimes it takes a struggle or a battle for us to see that. Because when all's well, bank account's full, pantry's full, everybody's healthy and everything's going well, it's a good time to praise him. But our propensity at times is to say, oh, we're good check mark and we just keep rolling 
And at the same time, when we go through the struggle, sometimes we just want to be like, well, I guess I got to fix it because God's not going to do anything. See, it's our struggle at either, either side. And so we got to draw near to him and say, Lord, help us. So look at this. Jesus called us to abide in him in order to live for him in that moment. When he talks about abiding in that scripture, I want to drive this point for, for you for a second. We don't say the word abide a lot. So what does it mean? If you look at a few different definitions of it in some of the dictionaries as well as in biblical commentaries, the essence of it is this, to continue in accordance with to continue in accordance with, in accord, in union with, according to who he is. So this isn't going on your own by, can I say it, your truth? Come on, the culture's bringing it to you, to your doorstep, to your televisions and your phones and your iPads and whatever other kind of stuff you got. Your truth. What is your truth? There is no your truth. Your truth is his truth. Unless you want to be deceived. My truth is his truth. Unless I want to be deceived. Unless I want to be in opposition to him. Unless I want to be out of step with him. Not in accordance with him. That could again, what abiding is, it's about us coming into line with who he is and according to his character. So then when I'm asking things in his will, see this scripture gets people confused sometimes a little earlier there in, in chapter 15, when we talk about asking anything in my name and it shall be done. We get thrown off in America sometimes. And I'm just talking America because we live here. Okay. Don't worry. I'm not beating up American church. I love it. And I'm part of it. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. Love y'all and your mama too. And your daddy too. But sometimes we get used to just ask anything in my name. But if we understand the abiding thought process, we become like Jesus was in the garden. <sighs> Intensely crying out to the Lord, Father, if there's any other way, I don't want to drink this cup. I don't want to die. I've already experienced what this human thing is about, and it's rough. We were up there in heaven, living eternally, not bound by bodies and time and space, and now I am. And Father, sometimes it kind of sucks. So I understand. This is what Hebrews tells us, that he is in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So we have a high priest who can identify with us. That's what the scripture says. So in that moment in his humanity, he's crying out saying, God, if there's another way, I don't want to drink this cup. But nevertheless, he gets up. Your will be done and not mine. That's abiding. That'll change how we pray instead of saying, well, God, I asked for this. This was my word. Was it your word? Very possibly your word. Because you weren't abiding. I'm telling you, in 2020, I want to ask less of prayers of my word and ask more of what he's asking me to ask. And it's because of his goodness as a father. It's not because he's like, well, let me control you. We still have the choice. Ask Adam and Eve. <laughs> we still have the choice. But he's wanting us to come into line because his way is best. We just sang a little while ago, the goodness of God. 
is there for us. But are we going to embrace it? Are we going to receive it? Are we going to walk in it? Are we going to come to a place where we say, Lord, what is your will for me right now? What is your will in this moment? What are you calling me to do? Because here's another thing. The Holy Spirit, as is promised here in these passages, will guide us into all of the truth. Holy Spirit's going to guide us and direct us. And if I can say one thing today, I encourage some of you, stop ignoring the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is, this is another step in growth for some of you guys. You've come, you receive salvation, you want to walk with the Lord, but you're ignoring the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants to say some things to some of y'all, but you are. You got the earplugs in. You got your Bluetooth wireless earbuds in. That, 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 that's our generation, right? We got something playing. And Holy Spirit's like, I'm over here saying something to you. But you got the music up. You got everything else turned up. And I want to say something. And this is about how loud I'm going to speak. Because I want you to draw near. I mean, if it gets to a point, I may have to shout something to you. But I want to abide. Abide with me. Connect with me. There's things that Jesus has to pour into you that I'm going to give to you. What did he say? He'll take of what is mine and declare it to you because what is mine is the father's. So it's the word of the Lord that needs to come to us. But sometimes we don't have the ears open because we're too busy doing our thing. It's not always bad, but sometimes we're missing the best of what God wants to say to us because our ears aren't open to what the Holy spirit wants to speak to us. Don't ignore the Holy spirit peeps, please don't. He's there and wants to speak a word for us in due season so we can enter into what God has for us clearly. So as we come now and, and, and talk about this new season, the spirit of Emmanuel that we've been talking about at Christmas time, it continues today by the work of the Holy Spirit. So I, I thought it was just perfect to launch off of all of our Christmas talk and Pastor Ron talking so much about God being with us. That that's not just a moment for he was there, Emmanuel, God with us, and Jesus did his work, and then we kind of have a different word. No, it continues today because the Holy Spirit's given. That's why Jesus said it's beneficial for you that I go. Because see, when I'm here, it's just me and the flesh, this one fleshly entity, although I'm the second person of the Godhead in the flesh. He said it's more beneficial that I go. Do you realize that when he went, the Holy Spirit now is released for everybody in this room? Stop and think for just a second. We blow over some stuff that's amazing in our Christian walk. That right now at other churches, God is speaking a word into the hearts of each person. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's poured out. He's not limited. He's not like, oh, he can only say something to Deborah right now. He's bringing a word to everyone. Is that not amazing to you? Because God's been dropping stuff on me all week, and I know I'm not the only one. I'm just not that special. I mean, my wife thinks so because, you know, me and my girl. Sorry, more points in the love bank. But really, that God can speak to every single one of us. Don't waste the word of the Lord in 2020. Don't waste it. There's stuff he wants for you to do. There's general things that we're all supposed to walk as believers, but there are things for you and your family and in your work and everything the Lord wants to direct your steps in. Don't Waste them. Take your earbuds out for a minute and hear what's Holy Spirit saying. So, if you can't tell, I'm passionate about this one. 
How do I enter a new season? Let's talk practically, a couple of things practically here. How do I enter a new season? Number one, faithfully. Faithfully. See, got a witness right over here. Hallelujah. The children can hear this. Continue in relationship with God and obedience to his word. Continue in relationship with God and obedience to his word. Again, in the context of who he is. What does it say? John 15, 4 through 5. Let's go back there. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, like we talked about a little while, continuing in accordance with. That means drawing near to him and getting to know him. But also then getting to know what he has to say for you in your life. No matter what it is you're facing, what it is that he has to say to you is of paramount importance. Because he might say, don't take that job. He might say, take this one instead. He might say, she's a nice girl, but she ain't the one you're supposed to marry. Hello? If that's you, receive it. Bless the Lord. He might say, you don't need to spend all that money on this because I have something else over here I'm calling you to do with that. He might tell you to stop eating that. But he didn't tell your six neighbors to, so please don't. So if you're on the diet journey, it doesn't mean that all your friends have to be too, okay? Just putting it out there, all right? Because until we start that fast, I will probably eat chocolate cake daily. <laughs> I'm kidding, only a little bit. No, but really, it's, 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 it's knowing. Let's draw near to him and get to know him and then say, Lord, what do you have to say to me about me? Because it'll change some stuff that I choose to do and hear and watch and do with my children. It'll change that. Or he'll affirm you and say, yes, son, daughter, keep that, keep that going. That, we need, to, we need to put that aside. Hear and be willing to listen to that. The second way we enter that new season is prayerfully. Prayerfully. Keep communication open to see what the Lord has for you. In each new season. This is one of my favorite passages, which is one of our um, introductory passages I went over. John 16, 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll declare to you things that are to come. You know, I thought yesterday as I was finishing these notes up about the power of what was stated here by Jesus. And this word was so literally, I feel like this is, a, it's an eternal word. All of his word is, but this real specifically shows it. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. So the Holy Spirit being promised then comes and continually over and over for every single believer is speaking a word for you and guiding you into all of the truth because you see some of you begun here okay and God is calling you up another notch 
for you, not for your neighbor. That's why I kind of joked about the whole food thing. Um, not for your neighbor, not for anybody else, but for you, he's calling you to take this next step. But you got to open up your ears and say, Lord, guide me in that. There's a powerful story I want to share about a guy from Highlands Church. And I was listening to um, Chris Hodges uh, teach about. And uh, there was this guy who went to one of their small groups. And he was really, really kind of one of those, got the arms folded. I'm checking you out. I'm not quite sure. So preaching that definitely lifted my hands in church. Forget that. Not happening. But just checking you out. This was him for a while. And it was like it was a dad of one of his staff members. And then the staff member, one Saturday, his mom called crying, bawling on the phone. And she said, and he said, well, what's going on? Is something happened? Something happened to you? Something happened to dad? She goes, no, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Your dad prayed. And some of us were like, so? For this woman, that was huge. In the circle at small group, they held hands and the guy asked and the small group leader said, hey, would you say the prayer? And he said, sure. That was his move. Don't worry about that. Oh, I've been praying. Yeah, that's fine. Because God's calling you to do something else. He's got to step up for you and you might not hear it because you're so prideful about the fact you've been praying in small group for so long that you can't hear the next word. Hello? But that guy heard the next step. And then he got another call months later. And then, oh my gosh, that was so wonderful. What happened? Did something happen? No, your dad shared a scripture at the small group today. Let God do his work. Because see, you'll be so busy looking and saying, really, bro? Two years and that was it? And God is like 20 years and that's it because he's calling you to do something else, but you can't hear. You're busy looking at him. Hello? Come on. I'm just telling, I'm telling you my stuff, okay? Stuff I had to walk out. That's me. Just like you. Oh, yeah. You know, wow, really? Bro, that's all you got for that time? And God's like, whose business is that? Not yours. My oh, yes, you are Lord of all creation and I am but a human. Yes, you're correct. But here, because we're prayerfully listening, saying, Lord, what are you saying for me as we go into another season? And then lastly, we want to go this way. We want to go expectantly. Trust that God's desire is for good fruit to be produced in and through your life. such a wide open statement because we're looking sometimes and we're saying well God I know that's for him or for her but man I've been through all this this mess and my life is like this and I don't have what he has or she has I don't have the gifting or the talents I don't have the money or this or that and God's wanting to do a work that's unique to you in your situation and your family and just like that man who had his mom call him and say your dad prayed in small group There's a work specific to you that God wants to do. And it doesn't look like this other person. 
it might look like God took you to this next step in this moment that you needed to go to. And don't compare it to your neighbors. I'll reference what I talked about a few months ago. Comparison kills, man. Comparison kills because then we're looking at it like, wow, God didn't do what he did. So faithful adherence to what God has called you to do. I may have paraphrased him, but my man, Pastor Hector said, and Pastor Ron quoted, you're doubly quoted, my man. Faithfully adhering to what God's called you to do, that's success. If God said, go over here and win that one person to Jesus, and that's it, success. But God might have called you into a pulpit to preach to 30,000 or 30 million, success. Or God might have called you to say, lay down these things in your life. And just tell your family, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. Success. Because we're expecting that God's work is a good work and that it's going to produce good fruit in my life. And I haven't judged that by the world standard or by my neighbors or anybody else's. I said, God, what do you want to do in me? Come on and stand with me this morning. I know we've been serious and heavy at times this morning, but I just want to encourage you as we go into a new season, as we enter into a new calendar year, but also I believe in our house, a new moment, as well as all of you who have different things going on in your life, which I have no clue about some of you. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit wants to direct your steps in every one of those decisions. The Holy Spirit wants to speak clearly to you so you know what you're supposed to do. And even in the time when you're quite not certain that you can say, Lord, I I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and follow you. And if it even takes a step at a time, I'm going to step the next step and the next step. Because I know that you are faithful to lead and guide me. Because you're good. I don't always see everything in detail, but because you're good and you're gracious to me. So, Lord, I speak over this house this morning. Declare over us, God, that we will enter the new seasons you're calling us into. Lord, with ears open, with eyes open to hear what the Holy Spirit would guide us into. Father, I declare not one minute will be wasted of the lives of the people of this house in following what they're not supposed to be doing. Not one day will be wasted following things that are not their calling or their purpose. And God, I thank you that in the midst of it, when we miss it sometimes, you are so merciful and so gracious to say, hey, come come, come on right back over here. This is where we need to be. You refocus us and you help us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you guide us into all of the truth and that you're very present here for us in Jesus' name. Now go ahead and keep your heads bowed and believers continue to pray. I want to speak to those of you who may not know this morning a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's good and all that we're talking about being guided and being directed, but some of you need to come to that place of committing. And some of you need to just do business with God and be like, look, I have been playing games. It's time for me to seriously commit to you so that I can live out the purpose you have for me and receive what Jesus did for me to wash away my sin and then raise me up to walk in a new life. And so if that's you this morning, I'm just going to count to three. You throw a hand in the air. I'll acknowledge you and then we're going to pray. 
So if that's you this morning, you need to commit yourself to Jesus. On the count of three, you can put your hand up. One, two, three. And put your hand up if that's you. Okay, I see you. Anybody else? All right. So let's pray this morning with those who put their hand, those who are watching online, the same thing. The opportunity is here today to receive what Jesus has done. Lord Jesus, just follow after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are merciful and gracious. Thank you, thank you that you came and died for me and that you can raise me to new life. Thank you for your Holy Spirit and the way you want to guide my life. I'm grateful today for your sacrifice. I choose to turn away from my old life and turn to a new life in you. Thank you for your work for me. I honor you. I love you. And I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and thank God for his goodness today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.